Hello everyone. I'm finally back. Thank you for your patience. Today's episode is pretty intense, so I would advise sensitive listeners to skip this one. On today's episode we are listening to stories from school shootings. Reddit Readings, Episode 44 This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I'm in a period of emotional upheaval. Is that all the, oh, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm gonna steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Way, rated PG 13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Terramont Plus. People who have survived school shootings, what was it like? I was at UCLA during the shooting in 2016. It was only a disgruntled grad student shooting his advisor and then himself, but we didn't know that at the time. Everyone was assuming it was a mass. I was walking back to my apartment just off campus when the notification went out that there were reports of gunshots and to get inside because campus was locking down. I finished walking home and turned on the news with some friends. I had other friends who were hiding in classrooms. The craziest part was the amount of misinformation going around on social media and in various group messages I was a part of. There were reports of more people shot and multiple shooters in a coordinated attack around various parts of campus and such. I'm not sure how much of that was fabricated maliciously and how much started with someone seeing a plainclothes officer with a gun or something and the story snowballing from there. I called my mom afterward and she started crying. She said she hadn't called me sooner because she didn't want my phone to ring in case I was in hiding. I was a first responder to Sandy Hook. I was a volunteer paramedic that worked 30 plus miles from the school but was dispatched anyways regardless of the distance and response time because we were up next once the local EMS crews were out of service. If I had to describe the scene, I'd say life altering. I thought I had EMS stories to make your skin crawl before Sandy but now? I can't even come close. The screams of parents and teachers and other students are still burned into my mind. The visual scene. I couldn't close my eyes for weeks without seeing bodies. My short answer? You technically survive the shooting, in my case, the aftermath, but I'll never be the same. I'm a different person. I'm still in weekly therapy and haven't made any drastic moves towards getting better. Even just seeing this question brought my stomach up to my throat. It's a part of me, I'll never be able to explain to anyone that wasn't there. My thoughts are with anyone that was involved in a school shooting brave enough to post here. Peace be with you all. Survivor of the SHS shooting here. I was 9 at the time and in 4th grade. I was in the gym and we were just going through the normal routine. That is the gym teacher explaining the activity and us participating. I remember it was rope climbing that day and I was so excited. All of a sudden we heard a loud bang noise and everyone looked towards the door. 
At first we shrugged it off as the janitor dropping something in the hallway, but after the second and third bangs we were ushered into the corner and told to be very quiet while my teacher ran and locked the doors. We were confused but unbothered at first, but the longer it went on the more worried we became. The loudspeaker crackled on and we heard muffled voices and muffled bangs, then silence. Years later I was told it was our principal and the office staff trying to warn us, but were killed. By now we were all silently sobbing and holding hands. I remember being very scared, but not entirely sure of what. Of course, a school shooting was not the first thing on our minds. Eventually my teacher told us to crawl across the floor and into a supply closet where we sat terrified until SWAT and police officers opened the doors and helped us out. We went out one of the back doors and walked the drive to the firehouse where our parents picked us up and took us home. That experience has changed me forever, and while the effects I had initially, nightmares, anxiety, etc., have lessened, I still feel them. I and many others suffer from PTSD, and I don't think a day goes by where I don't think about it. While I did not know everyone who passed personally, I have seen the toll it took on my community, and feel for their families and friends deeply. RIP Angels, you are loved. I hid in a department closet for a few hours with some girls I barely knew, because I met them, by yelling there's a shooter on campus, at them. We sobbed and texted our loved ones until police escorted us out of the building, after catching the guy. To this day I'm a lot more anxious and depressed. I haven't been able to complete a college class since the event. I'm scared to be on campus. I was at Columbine during the shooting. I was in the cafeteria when it started, just outside, and I thought it was a senior prank at first. After I realized it was not, I ran and hid. I was in there for a couple hours just kinda huddling in a corner with some students and teachers. I wasn't really scared, it was more an adrenaline rush that lasted for what seemed like days. Time seemed to go super slow, and it was honestly boring. It is a weird feeling, that I can't describe. I was more worried about my friends and girlfriend than myself. I was close to a lot of pipe bombs and gunshots, but never really felt like I was going to get it in any way. My parents took it harder than I did, especially my mom. She was in shock and crying uncontrollably when she picked me up. My brother was at the feeder middle school that got locked down. He didn't want to get stuck at school, so he walked home. When we got home, he was playing video games like nothing happened. All last stuff, including backpacks, wallets, was in my backpack, and cars were kept for months. Sounds kinda shitty compared to what some people went through, but it was a major inconvenience. What was crazy was the support and donations we received after. All sorts of companies donated new backpacks, school supplies, books, blankets, food, and more. I think I even got a new T82+. A bunch of celebrities would visit as well. I was a student at Virginia Tech during the 2007 massacre. I wasn't directly in the fire or anything, just a student in the dorms. It was very surreal. That morning my friends and I sat in the dorms watching the news evolve on campus. It started off saying one or two injured. At that point we didn't make too much of the situation. I remember the newscaster saying at one point that the new updates was over 20 fatalities, the final count was 32, and we all just froze. We assumed it was in error, it was not. As the day evolved we reached out to our friends to make sure they were okay, but cell service was very spotty. 
I had a very uneasy feeling that a somewhat peripheral friend of mine was in danger and tried to text her. It turns out she was shot, but survived. Another of our friends was shot and killed. The next few days were strange. Classes were cancelled and many left the campus. President Bush came to speak to us, but I'm sure even he felt helpless with not much to contribute. Eventually, they cancelled the remainder of classes and exams for the semester, and we left for the year. The summer was difficult. At my summer job people kept trying to talk to me about the shooting, both co-workers and customers. I don't know why, but I felt okay discussing it with fellow VT students but nobody else, including my other friends and family. I eventually quit that job and got a new one, not telling anyone I was a VT student. Returning to school felt surreal. We did a lot of school spirit activities at football games, we are Virginia Tech, etc. But it was definitely a different atmosphere. I felt very uncomfortable in lecture halls, and whenever my mind went blank I imagined a shooter coming in and killing us. That feeling still persists sometimes. In large groups I'll start thinking about a mass murder occurring. That day, I'll always say, is the day I grew from a child to adult. I changed in ways both positive and negative. I made new bonds with my fellow classmates, but felt isolated from some other people. It was definitely the defining experience of my young adulthood. For a long time, I didn't want to talk about these experiences with anyone. Now, I try and speak more openly about it, because I'm trying to advocate for a better future. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So, whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I go to Saugus High School and was at school during the most recent school shooting that happened two or three weeks ago. I'll start from the beginning. I got to school at probably around 7.10 because I'm Mormon, so I had a class called seminary, basically Bible study, and so we ended, and I walked to school. I walked in and went towards the back of campus, but I could still see where it took place in the quad. I'm just chilling there with my friends when I look over and see some kid walking really quickly towards the middle of the quad, and it happened so quickly. He was crying I think, he ripped his backpack around, and I just knew there something was wrong. He reached in and shot the girl in front of him, I knew her quite well, and she was instantly dead I'm pretty sure. At that point I don't remember much. I just ran, and I ran, and I ran, and I ran, until I collapsed on the sidewalk outside of school and some parent came and helped me up. Scariest moment of my life. I knew the kid that was the shooter. I knew the girl that died. I knew one of the injured. I'm still dealing with it today, and it has honestly made me so scared. A chair fell, and I just sat in my room for a couple hours. I hope no one ever has to deal with anything like that ever. I was around for Elliot Rogers shooting at UCSB. There are a few things that I remember being surprising. 1. The sense of humor. This was not everyone, but I remember a couple people making finger gun gestures at each other. I think this as because the event lasted a while and spread over the Isla Vista area, so there was a general discomfort wherever you were. I think people were coping with the stress however you could. Gallows humor basically. 2. 
the awkwardness of trying to console someone who just saw their friends shot or were shot at themselves. If you have ever been in a social situation where you didn't know what to say, add in the fact that whatever you say might permanently affect the life of the person you are talking to. 3. Your school is now famous for this. Although this was during a time that school shootings weren't super common, so that might be changing. Lived in the same dorm, Manzanetta, as two of the victims. One being across the hall from my room. Seeing the parents get escorted to their children's rooms was goddamn haunting. During the actual shooting, I was in downtown SB at a birthday dinner. We were getting calls and texts from many of our friends not to come back to the area as it was happening. I went to school next to a school shooting. It was a sister school, so everyone from school A kinda knew everyone from school B. The morning it happened, I remember watching all the teachers in our back hallway gather around and huddle together. I made eye contact with one of them, who was visibly very distressed. I turned to the kid next to me and said, something serious is happening, and he laughed and said I was paranoid. Turns out I wasn't. They didn't tell us anything. They tried to hide the whole fact, but since so many people had connections to the other school, we all found out quickly. We went on loose lockdown so no going outside, which I still find odd, but whatever. Four kids died. Personally, I wasn't in the shooting, but I'm still a little shaken. That previous weekend, I met a kid who was very very cute, and I was debating getting his number. I didn't because I was shy. But, the morning it happened, I was thinking of him, and what if we had been texting, and blah blah because I'm 14, and had major crushes. I came to find out he was one of the kids who died. That still kinda haunts me. I was in the room when one student shot another at our high school then ran out of the building. This was the 80s, so there was no lockdown procedure. We all just left the building in various states of shock. I never felt threatened, so it really didn't affect me too badly. The victim lived, and the shooter spent several years in the Indiana Youth Center with Mike Tyson. Coming up on the 9th anniversary of a shooting that took place at my high school when I was a senior. A student that had been suspended earlier in the day, returned to the school with his dad's handgun, went into the office of the vice principal that had suspended him and opened fire. He struck and killed the vice principal and critically injured the head principal who was responding to the sound of gunfire. The student fled the school and took his own life in a parking lot not far from the campus. I was in class at the time and an announcement came over the intercom that we were in a code red lockdown. Some students slash teachers say they remember the announcement saying that it was not a drill, but I'm not really certain if that was included or not. My class locked the door, turned off the lights, and huddled in a corner, but I don't remember a feeling of fear or that the room was tense. We had had a couple of code yellows earlier in the year for small fights in the hallways and code yellow slash red drills weren't uncommon, so the class felt more inconvenienced by the fact that we were just about to break for our lunch when the announcement was made than anything else. As we sat for longer without any update, a realization definitely began to come over the class that something more serious had happened, and we were all on our phones looking to get some idea of what was going on. This was before Twitter was super popular, and there was a ton of confusion and misinformation going around from texts that people were getting from other students in the building, and from family slash friends who were now watching the story develop on the news. 
we eventually received word that the school was going to be taken out of the code red and students slash faculty would be released room by room and escorted out of the building by an armed police officer. We waited what felt like hours. We'd missed lunch and the room was restless and finally received the knock on our door to indicate we were leaving. The officer walked us out the back of the school and through a parking lot that led to a church that neighbored the school. I met up with my parents and went home to watch my school on the news. Later that evening I went to dinner with some friends to just spend time with one another and we got word while we were there that our vice principal had passed from her injuries. We finished our meal in silence, paid our check and went to the school for a candlelight vigil. There had to have been 400 plus people with candles and homemade signs and people just took turns praying and speaking to the crowd. Nothing planned or officially organized, just an opportunity for people to hurt together. It sounds cliche when people say I never thought it would happen here, but that really is the only response that makes sense after something like that happens. I remember an intense sadness in the days that followed and cried more than I ever had before or since. When I think back about that day, I like to remember the kindness of the community at the candlelight vigil and the posters of support from neighboring schools that lined the main hallway of the building for the next month. I was in the Arapaho High School shooting in 2013. The kid got kicked off the speech and debate team and decided to get revenge on the teacher. He bought a shotgun and went into the school on Friday the 13th. He fired two shots right off my hallway and killed a girl who died after being in a coma for a couple of weeks, then he went to the library, started a fire, and killed himself. I was in my science class right off the hallway. We were in the middle of a test and I, being the shit student I was, just wanted out. I was about to ask to go to the bathroom, when I decided fuck it, I'll finish the test, then go home. Five minutes later there was a gunshot. The first thing that crossed my mind was that a janitor was removing one of those giant ass wooden doors and accidentally dropped it, slapping it against the ground. Students looked back and forth nervously. Then a second shot went off. My teacher went out into the hallway and a minute later returned to the room and told us to get into lockdown. I guess he saw the smoke in the stairwell and saw what happened in that hallway. Before long we were all crammed into the corners behind the big lab tables. I was sitting in the middle of the classroom, so I was one of the last kids to get to a spot, so I was basically sitting out in the middle of the room hiding behind a trash can. The whole time my teacher, a massive slab of muscle, was upright right next to one of the two doors ready to fuck up anyone that might walk in. We were in lockdown a good three minutes before the announcement even happened. We sat there for what felt like hours before the fire alarm went off. I'm assuming this was the fire started in the library, then even longer, and we began hearing voices down the hallway. My teacher looked right to me, in the middle of the room, with a nervous look in his eyes. Finally, cops slash SWAT showed up, they tried the door and my teacher jumped and looked at me again, who was giving a violent nod and a thumbs up. They cleared the hallway, before asking us to open the door. We all got pat down upon exiting and sat out in the cold on the track field for a couple of hours before being bussed off to a local church. I remember texting my parents and sister that I loved them and funnily enough I remember making jokes to my mom cause I bet she was more scared than I was which was pretty fucking scared. For the rest of the month we had a long winter break. When we all got back things seemed really cool, everyone was closer to each other and supportive. 
as the year went on things went back to normal, the usual bullying and other shit, so I went to online school. Thank you for listening to Reddit Readings. If you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing and leaving a rating. True terrors of horror, bizarre happenings, unexplainable events. On our podcast, Disturbed, Terror Takes Center Stage. Each episode is a journey into the darkest corners of human existence, delving into bone-chilling tales of kidnappings, serial killers, maniacs, and the very essence of your worst nightmares coming to life on this weekly true horror show. Disturbed is not for the faint of heart. It's an exploration of real, unadulterated horror sourced from everyday people. Each episode is a descent into the macabre, where we narrate stories that will leave you on the edge of your seat and crawling in your skin. We navigate the disturbing narratives that lurk in the shadows, offering a raw and unfiltered listen into the most terrifying aspects of the human experience. Enter at your own risk and let the unsettling tales unfold in the haunting realm of Disturbed. And remember, listeners, stay safe out there. Do you enjoy science, spooky stories, and all things paranormal? We do, too. While we would love for most paranormal stories to be true, we are here to tell you that they probably aren't. But that doesn't make them any less fun to speculate about. We are the Spooky Science Sisters podcast. In this podcast, we bring you bi-weekly discussions on possible scientific explanations behind the supernatural. Backed up by research articles and other credible sources, we do deep dives into things like archaeology and physics and share in-depth discussions with topic experts. Visit us at SpookyScienceSisters.com to listen to a couple of skeptics debunk some of your favorite alien encounters, cryptid sightings, and ghost stories with science, sass, and a significant amount of laughter. Thank you and stay spooky.